0: wrong i was wrong i was wrong and i couldn't be any happier to be wrong that's right welcome everybody to the heel and face podcast a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary about the world of professional wrestling brought to you by heel turn wrestling and wow what a night one of wrestlemania we will go over and see if my predictions were correct I know one of my predictions was completely wrong. And as I just said, I'm happy that I'm wrong. But let's uh, go right into that. Plus, um, some of you on the internet wrestling community, uh, once again, stop it. Tisk, 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 shame on you. Um, making non stories into stories. And. If you're not careful, you're going to probably do the same thing to Ronda Rousey that y'all did to her about two or three years ago uh, when she left the first time. So uh, a little bit of scolding, a little bit of chastisement on a Sunday afternoon. But you know what? Let's not get too heavy into the mean-spiritedness. Let's get right into the fun of WrestleMania weekend. That's right, Daddy. WrestleMania 38, still no sign of the Iron Sheik. But, you know, the night is still young. Anyway, as I said, I am Steve C. Steve Castellanovo giving it to you live, looking as only I can look in my macho man, Randy Savage T from ProWrestlingTees.com. And by the way, if you are interested, just to give them a quick shout out, if you are interested in buying some of our merch, getting some of our swag on, please, please do. All you need to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com Backslash Heel Turn Wrestling And you can join our store You can have all of the Heel Turn Wrestling goodness That you desire You can have Billy Alexander The Franchise Takes 5 podcast t-shirt You can have the t-shirt from The Mothership You can buy Alcoholic Adams t-shirt But most importantly, of course You want to be the flyest, the drippiest You want to represent For next year's Wrestlemania In good old L.A., then you definitely want to buy the Heel and Face Podcast t-shirt. So, again, available at prowrestlingtees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. Let's uh, not mince words, get right to it, as we usually do. But today is going to be hopefully a short one, because like I said in the description, I want to get off here. So I want to go and I want to eat pizza, as I'm sure you all do, too. So let's get right to it. The biggest news. Obviously, last night is former AEW superstar. Cody Rhodes makes his triumphant return to WWE. He was Vince McMahon's hand-picked mystery opponent for Seth Rollins. The match itself did not disappoint, which we will discuss in our recap of WrestleMania uh, in a little bit. But with the adrenaline flowing through him at, Quarter after 12 this morning, Cody Rhodes, um, quite humbly typed, wrestling is a love story on Twitter. And it is in a lot of ways. Um, Getting high praise from many people in the wrestling community. And, uh, of course, a lot of vitriol from fans. We'll discuss that in a minute. But overall, generally well-received. A lot of welcome home, a lot of proof in the process. Uh, Cody Rhodes has been wrestling in WWE or in professional wrestling for about 16 years now. Uh, We forget that he only walked away in 2016, which means he had already been in training since 2010 or so. Uh, And took to it like a fish takes to water. So there was no uh, transition period for Cody. It was in his blood. Uh, He is going to be a professional wrestler. But there's one thing to become a professional wrestler. And then there's another thing to become a superstar, which a lot of people talked about last night, tweeted about. I read multiple tweets from multiple respected Twitter accounts like uh, Sean Ross rap, and etc. Uh, basically saying things to the effect of Well, here's a lesson for any superstar who wants to be one of the biggest names in pro wrestling If you're not comfortable where you are If you're not where you need to be If you're not there where you think you should be Then you should leave, get better, and come back And that is really honestly what this is This is just leaving and coming back. No more, no less. I know people don't want to hear this, and yet there is a certain amount of growth that every person has to do, whether they are the third shift fry cook at McDonald's or a uh, English teacher who's been bouncing around different jobs or a wrestler who felt like he was destined to be One of the biggest names in professional wrestling at this point. So I guess the lesson for us is, again, you're not going to get it the first time and you might not even get it the second time. And when you realize that you have to work on yourself a little bit in order to get what you want or where you need to be, the reward is going to be so much more manifest and I'm talking personal experience as well as I'm talking about Cody Rhodes or anybody else in generalities I mean look at Drew McIntyre Drew McIntyre you know was crowned the future of the WWE given the kiss of death by Vince McMahon which I'm sure he probably even regrets at some point and then when it didn't happen for Drew it was a really dark time in his life Um he was heavily drinking, and then he had to turn it around, and, and he signed with Impact and went there for a while and wrestled in a bunch of different places, and, and then when he discovered his passion for wrestling and he discovered how to become a superstar, the WWE came running. So, it's not just a metaphor. It's not just things that people say. It's not just. Uh, it's not just an aphorism. It's a fact of life, to borrow a phrase, from next year's. WrestleMania breakout star L.A. Knight, but it's just a fact. So I'm really ecstatically happy for Cody Rhodes in that sense. Uh, He's got a lot of explaining to do about AEW, and uh, although he's being very demure about it and really hasn't said anything uh, too deleterious about his time there, he was very positive last night. He did a couple of different interviews, one for uh, WWE.com as an exclusive, another one for WWE's Instagram Basically, he repeated the same fact, which is for so long he was living in the shadow of his dad and that he felt like he had to be the guy that his dad was. And now he's finally realizing, which was what most men do. I don't want to uh, start. Uh, coining phrases from, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson or anything like that. But, you know, what most men need to do is they need to, uh, at some point, figure out when they stop being their dad's son and start becoming them. And for some of us, it comes very early in their lives, like myself. Some people, it comes very late in their lives. But Cody Rhodes admitted that he needed to start doing this for him, not necessarily doing this for his dad. And I don't think that Cody was doing it for his dad, like hard, fast, literal sense of – My dad wants me to do this. Doesn't seem like Dusty Rhodes to be the type of person that would force his sons to do anything that they didn't want to do. But I think when, what Cody means by for his dad, meaning he always wanted to keep his dad's legacy alive, that he felt somehow his dad's legacy was slighted and he needed to perpetuate it and uh, needed to make people uh, believe in the Rhodes family like they do with other wrestling families like uh, the Maya Via slash Johnson or or any other wrestling family you can come up with. But I think now he has come to the realization that he's not in wrestling to establish his father's career. He's in wrestling to establish his own career. And now that he's solidified that, I think um, the sky is the limit. I'm really curious to see how they're going to use him you know, um, you won't see him burying AEW, though. Not unlike AEW, who talks about WWE constantly, like every third sentence that comes out of their mouths from, from that company. But I don't think you'll see a whole lot of negativity coming from Cody. I think you'll see just anything about positivity and all the stuff that he wanted to, quote-unquote, save. There was the big rumor that the reason why he didn't go full heel is because he wanted to save a lot of his ideas for WWE. But the point uh, of, of that is I, I don't think at this point – I don't know if Cody would be a good – he's coming off such positive momentum. The crowd popped huge for him, huge for him. And I think they're going to – I think they've got a babyface run in him. I think if they put him with the right people, do the opposite thing of what AEW did with CM Punk, and instead of putting Punk in with, like, guys who barely get on dark, uh, I think Cody is going to be matched up with Seth Rollins. This Seth Rollins thing isn't over. Seth Rollins isn't going to let this thing be over. Uh, Roman, uh, all of the guys that he has history with uh, FCW with. Uh, There's other new stars that he could run through. Um, Damian Priest, a lot of guys he can can go to, like a Cody Rhodes reclamation project. And I really do want this theme of redemption for Cody Rhodes to kind of permeate for a while. I want it to be his reason to go through. I wanted to see Cody Rhodes say, I'm doing this for me. When I wrestled the last time, the last time, and he even said this in his interview last night, one of them, he said, my dream was to hand the WWE Heavyweight Championship to my dad. And now that I'm not able to do that, I want it now for myself. So that is an amazing goal. And that is a definitely a great storyline that they can, they can develop. I want to win all these. I want to be a triple crown. I want to be... I want to be uh, one of the all-time ultimate greats of WWE. I want to win every belt, and I want to do it for me. So I want to see him win the U.S. belt. I want to see him win the IC belt. I want to see him be tag champs with somebody again. I want to see him uh, win the Universal. I want to see him win the WWE Heavyweight. I want to see all those wins and want him to be a Triple Crown winner uh, and, and do it all for himself because I think that's a very unique angle. It's a fresh angle that no one has really ever, ever explored. Uh, now, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I don't have a problem admitting it, but I was wrong. I was wrong. And, and you don't really get a whole lot of people, I don't think, admitting there. I think that most people who, in general, not just for podcasts, right, but in general, I don't think people admit when they're wrong. Here I am, putting it on a graphic, telling you I am wrong. I'm glad I'm wrong, but I was wrong about the Cody situation. I thought he was just using it as leverage to make more money with w- or AEW. I thought he was going to go right back to AEW. I thought he had too much at stake as far as production, as far as the periphery of the sport, as far as pulling people into the sport from the mainstream I thought he had a lot of that, that, he, that was cachet for him, that was valuable for him in AEW. So I didn't think he was really serious about leaving. And then, of course, until he does. And speaking of the mainstream cachet, Cody Rhodes isn't done producing. It was announced late, like last night or early in the morning, that Cody Rhodes is going to be the executive producer on uh, WWE's uh, AE biography of Dusty Rhodes, so that ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. So good for him. And uh, no, they're now, I know this is a sore subject. I know there's no talk about um, uh, Brandy. Uh, I'm sure she's going to still have her show on, her cooking show, which which, that's kind of where Brandy should be, right? There's no talk about introducing Brandy as a character, hopefully, thank God. There's no talk about Brandy uh, being a part of WWE upper level, thank God, you know. Um, so, and I and I hate that because I hate to be like that, and I hate to say that. But you know, let's 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 enjoy the moment for Cody Rhodes first, and then we'll start talking about how Brandy can be involved backstage and behind the scenes. This move has earned both praise and scorn from y'all out there in the internet wrestling community. I shouldn't say y'all. I should say most. There is a vocal minority of people who are crapping all over this with, I, I guess, I guess you have your points. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to hate Cody Rhodes now. Um, I did see a lot of hypocrite and sell out, which, okay. All right. I'll take him to task on that too. Like the uh, press conference that he had just recently where he said, I'm never going back there. I'm going to be AEW for life. Okay. You know, a lot of people say a lot of dumb things. Um, a lot of people say a lot of things that they take back. Uh, we do, as human beings, have the right to change our minds. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, Cody Rhodes is exculpatory in some of the things that he's done or said. I mean, he's going to have to pay for that. He's going to have to walk to work every day and pass the guy who he mocked openly twice um, on major pay-per-views for another company that he started. You know, He's going to have to look guys in the eye. Who uh, he, you know, openly criticized, uh, you know, who are getting this push or that push. You know, your, your past doesn't, doesn't go away, unfortunately, especially in the days of the Internet and information technology age. If it's on the Internet, it's there forever. The dumb things that I say on this podcast are out there forever. And hopefully I don't say too many dumb things. And if I do say something dumb, well, there goes my political career, which I'm not sad that I'm not a part of. So... You know, I mean, things are going to come back to haunt him. He's going to have to work those out as a man. But I feel like that Cody's in a way better space. Um, does not, again, excuse him from the stupidity of, again, solving racism or uh, making the uh, Nigerian British American or whatever British guy uh, the the heel as the evil foreigner, go go America in 2020. It doesn't change all the other criticisms that I've had about Cody either about trying to put himself over. If he's turned a new leaf, then that's great. Uh, if if he now knows that he doesn't have to forge any kind of legacy uh, except for his own, and if he's willing to work with Vince and willing to work with you know all the other higher ups to it, then 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 so be it. So he'll be able to do it. And uh, really, that's. That's actually kind of funny because now that this idea just jogged in my brain, seeing as though that uh, Cody is going to be able to come back and you know retain all of or a lot of what he did outside projects like producing and all that stuff. I think it was very interesting that there was apparently an emergency staff meeting. Uh, multiple reports, and I didn't I didn't add this into my notes because I didn't think about it. it just came off the top of my head talking about Cody and and licensing and marketing and being a marketable face to bring mainstream attention to the product. But apparently, uh, there was a big emergency meeting either right before WrestleMania, right after Stand and Deliver or something like that, where uh, Vince called everybody together and introduced them to Nick Khan. That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. So apparently, Vince thanked all the wrestlers for their hard work. And they know that he knows WrestleMania season and WrestleMania week is a grind and he loves them, appreciates, the blah, blah, blah. And they turn it over to Nick who apparently uh, had good news for the wrestlers and any of the personalities that are part of WWE that talent are now not going to be restricted by their third-party content. So that's a huge win. That's a huge win for uh, the talent and I probably should be talking about that a lot more. i probably going a lot deeper, a lot more. I wonder if there's like restrictions, like, hey, if you have an OnlyFans, please keep your clothes on. You know, I'm sure that's probably restrictions. But for the most part, they're not going to stop people from earning, which is really a positive. Uh, so good for them. I think they're just afraid they were going to lose too many people. I would like to think that Vince and Nick's uh, Grinchy heart grew five sizes but maybe they did see the writing on the wall. I mean, Tony Storm, perfect example. Like, Tony Storm said, I want to do OnlyFans. And WWE said, No, you're not allowed to. And she said, Oh, yeah, I quit. Uh, and then as soon as she opened her OnlyFans account, she broke the internet. I wonder if it's just the WWE realizing that the writing's on the wall and they know that they're going to start losing talent if they're not giving talent the avenue to make the money. Now, I did have the argument, and I did kind of agree with Jim Cornette about back in the old days uh, that the Booker actually did have the absolute right to determine what third-party involvement people are going to have, like book signings or autograph sessions or merch drives or public appearances or – Hey, uh, Dusty Rhodes is going to use giant scissors and cut the ribbon for the grand opening of my uh, car dealership, and I, I, I see, I kind of agreed with that. I mean, it's the the Booker in that sense is kind of acting like an agent, and you know, it's not like they Maybe they were getting ripped off. I don't know. It's not like they're getting completely ripped off because the agent would be or the Booker would be the one, the promoter would be the one to tell the the Booker, hey, this is happening. So send this guy here or this gal here, and you know it did make logical sense because it's just mutually beneficial for everybody. If the very popular babyface goes to the car dealership, says a few words, shakes some hands, signs some babies, kisses some cars, and is on his way out, it's mutually beneficial for the the car dealership. They advertise, they provide free cars, or fleet or whatever for any wrestlers that need transportation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The exchange is always there, so it kind of made sense. Now the only obvious difference between back in those days and now is the Internet. So uh, the fans have more access, easier access, direct one-on-one access to their favorite superstar, their favorite wrestling icon, hero, and, and whatnot, and it just deserves to to reason that that talent would have equal access to uh, gaining any monetary funds from that so whether it's cameo whether it's only fans whether it's uh, whatever um, I understand that WWE did feel like that hey no one would know who Daniel Bryan was without WWE informing people I understand that but at some point again uh, if, if you really want to keep people happy, people are just going to leave and find a situation that will allow them to do it. So whether it's the kindness of Vince's and Nick Khan's heart, or whether it's the uh, whether it's just a uh, face-saving move of hey we're going about to lose our talent to the competition, uh, I think Nick and Vince did the right thing to allow talent to be able to make money independently of the promotion. So that was a unintended news article article news article uh, have another one of these um, don't have a brand so don't have a sponsorship so I can't show you brand just know that it is cold and wet uh, as most cold barley soup should be so uh, when we uh, so so we're just gonna go one real quick hit and I'm gonna come back at you internet wrestling community for this because y'all need to take this L as the kids say, But um, one unintended aspect of yesterday was apparently at the Hall of Fame, Ronda Rousey was a no-show, and there was apparently also a heated exchange, apparently, as these internet rumors go, a heated exchange between uh, Rousey and some higher-ups in WWE, causing her not to be there. But Ronda Rousey wasn't at the Hall of Fame ceremony last night, and I, again, don't really I don't get where y'all are getting this stuff from, but Ronda Rousey tweeted today, actually, literally four hours ago, four and a half hours ago. She said, "I don't know where these reports come from, but it was an absolute honor to perform under Steve Austin at WrestleMania in Texas. I wasn't a half Hall of Fame. I was at. I wasn't a Hall, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think she means at." I wasn't a Hall of Fame because I have a six-month-old baby I had to put to sleep early. People are literally creating drama out of thin air. So, yes, take this out, internet wrestling community. I don't get it. It just angers me. It's like, can we please, please do some type of legit journalism? In journalism class, they tell you if you find out something, if you learn a piece of news – it must be fact-checked three ways. I think now, nowadays, if you find a piece of information, you've got to fact-check it at least five ways. Uh, that's what I'm going to tell my students. When I get my uh, English class again and you know, we start doing research, uh, I'm going to be very specific on how they find facts. And they're just going to have to find three different, more than three sources or more than three different people who are reporting it because you know people are just making stuff up just to get clicks. And that's really, really dangerous. I have fallen for it myself. And I admit that I've fallen for it myself on this show. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not uh, trying to establish myself as a broadcast journalist. If I would, I would have gone to the Bobby Heenan School of Broadcast Journalism. But instead, I uh, did not. I'm just a guy in his basement talking wrestling with you. So I don't really have the time or the resources to fact-check everything. That's why I really want to make sure I just get the legit places that I go to, the trusted sources that that I go to when I bring you some news. And even if it's not a quote-unquote trusted source, if it's dirt sheet e, then I at least try to go to five or six different sources to bring it to you. But just an absolute embarrassment of uh, not even investigating why Ronda Rousey wasn't there, not even talking to her. And, and you know what? Y'all are gonna drive her away. The same thing that, that y'all did three years ago is the same thing you're doing now. Just completely crapping on everything, making her into some. She's got to be perfect. She's got to be this. She's got to be that. We we get it. She's not a perfect individual. She's not a perfect human being. You know, she's she's married to Travis Brown. That's that says it all right there. But you know, for crying out loud, like if she. She has a six month old baby at home that she's probably that the baby was not in its own bed, in its own area, probably not at home, probably with her on the road. And I don't know if you know anything about parenting or most of you, but consistency is the number one thing you need to have as a parent, especially raising young children. A six month old needs to be in a consistent environment, even if it's smelling these familiar smells of the home or the noise, the familiar noise of of, of the home life, even the din of putting everybody to sleep is, is a familiar noise for for a child trying to go have a routine. And so what you're doing is you're uprooting a six month old baby who has a structured, end of day time in a structured environment that it's been used to for six months. And you're taking that baby and you're putting that baby in a a deluxe hotel room. And you're expecting the mother to be able to just say, man, you know what? Baby will be fine. So y'all keep this up. Some of y'all are going to drive Ronda Rousey right back out of the WWE, which is seemingly what some of you want anyway, which I don't understand. But the one thing I do understand is that I need a break. We went a little long in that segment, as they say on radio, even though we're not on radio. But I do need to wet my whistle, of course, and I do need to re-rack a little bit so I can put up the results for WrestleMania Night 1 and my predictions for WrestleMania Night 2. You are watching the Heel & Face podcast, the podcast dedicated to news information and commentary about the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. So I'll be back in a few. Hey everybody, it's me, it's me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellano, back with you on Wrestlemania Day Night Two, and we are ready to go. Um, WrestleMania, so far so good, fun weekend. Uh, Stand and deliver was probably a B. And uh, we talked about the results from Stand and Deliver. Uh, I didn't give uh, the last two matches so much justice. I don't think yesterday, just because of the fact that, well, you know, they they were pretty predictable anyway. So, uh, but but a good showing. I, I did give my thoughts on Stand and Deliver. So if you're interested in those, definitely please uh, look up my Facebook page, Heal and Face Podcast. Uh, you can go back and watch yesterday's episode, or you can follow me on any social media. Platform that you uh, choose. I'm not just on Facebook, even though I primarily podcast here. I'm on Mines, Locals, and any other place that you find that you need to go to to uh, enjoy social media and engage in a public forum. Of course, if you're not able to watch, if you're already at your friend's WrestleMania party or half in the bag and you're watching old WrestleMania videos you just want to hear what I have to say, then uh, you can enjoy me on the ride home or the ride to work tomorrow because I usually post the audio of my podcasts every Sunday night before bed so you can enjoy them on your favorite podcast streaming platform. So you can check me out on social media everywhere and you can check out this podcast on every possible Media outlet, so good on that. Thank you for those that do. I appreciate you, as we say in the Midwest. I appreciate the work that you do, and I do appreciate the job, the effort that everyone involved with WrestleMania Night One put out because honestly, it looked on paper like a stinker, (coughs) as you know, traditionally. The even-numbered WrestleManias have always been the worst ones. You know, let's be real. WrestleMania, the odd ones were the great ones, 17, 7, 10 might have been an exception, but 10 was also the awful double swerve where... Basically, they didn't want Bret Hart or Lex Luger fighting Hulk Hogan. Because after WrestleMania 7, Vince freaked out about putting two faces or two heels together. So, um, which is going to aggravate me with the preview But I uh, of Night 2. But I, I'm going to get ahead. I don't want to get ahead. I'm getting ahead. Uh, there's so much to talk about Night 1 and to see if I was wrong. Which I was wrong with a lot. One of the ones that I was wrong on, by the way, uh, was inadvertent, to be honest with you. I was wrong because uh, it was a freak accident. So we'll get to it. We'll definitely get to it. Uh, Let's start with the uh, open. Kind of like the pre-show. Actually, they really didn't have a pre-show. Oh, yeah. um, There is a criticism, by the way. I think uh, people are a little upset, which I don't blame them. But uh, the New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland were left off conspicuously of the first night. I think it was because a lot of the other segments went long. I mean, that's what happens when you have Logan Paul. That's what happens when you have Steve Austin. I mean, that's what happens when you have uh, the debuting or redebuting Cody Rhodes. A lot of stuff happens. And it just goes long. So I don't know. I think people are reading a little bit too much. Kofi wasn't – Kofi was upset in a tweet, but he really wasn't heartbroken. It's it's just like we've been through the ups and the downs of this business, and this is just another down we're going to come out stronger from. And I I agree with that. It's not their fault. Like WrestleMania is this close to being overbooked anyway. I'm more upset that neither one of the two biggest mid-card belts are going to be contested. You don't get it – we're not getting an IC championship – And we're not getting a U.S. championship, which is uh, a criminal. And if I was uh, Finn Balor, I'd just basically throw the belt in Vince's lap and say, hey, thanks or no thanks. I'm going to join my friends and and take off. But, you know, what do I know? Right. So we did not get uh, New Day versus uh, the Bowery Boys, whatever they call themselves. Um, the British Invasion. I don't even know what they call themselves. Who cares what they call themselves? It's just its just another vehicle for Seamus to, to continue to be relevant. And we did not get to see Butchie McGee either, although my friend did say that um, we should probably have seen uh, uh, Ricochet, should have been on the card, or possibly Ali have a, uh, or maybe some people even said Mansoor, have a triumphant return and tag with the, the New Day, Uh, and take on the three, including uh, Butchie McGee, but it is not to be. Now, fear not, New Day fans, because they announced this morning that they will be rebooking uh, tonight to include the New Day versus Holland and Sheamus. So if you were looking forward to see Ridge Holland botching a move and, and murdering someone, you'll get your opportunity tonight. Usos defeat... Shin and Rick Boogs, I felt badly because uh, from all the reports that I've read and everything that people are talking about, uh, this was uh, likely going to be a title switch, which I predicted. So Shin and, and Boogs were not to be. Uh, it was it was a pretty fun match. Um, you know, you kind of tr- they tried to steal the show even early. Uh, poor Rick Boogs. Had an unfortunate injury. I think it was ironic that they were making the leg injury uh, something out of nothing because it ended up when Rick tried to do the big power move. Samoa dropped tabletop slamming both Usos at the same time. Uh, his knee gave out. He tore his uh, patella tendon and he tore his quad. So he's going to be out for a minute. God bless Rick Boogs. He's so entertaining and funny. And uh, actually, the match was actually pretty good up until that point, too. Nothing of value was lost with the Usos retaining the belt. They're just going to find someone else on SmackDown uh, to fight them, or they're just going to reintroduce them, reintegrate them into the bloodline uh, tomorrow or tonight. So um, sad to see that happen to Shin and Boogs, especially since it was going to be Boogs' first uh, title win in WWE, first of many future title wins in WWE. But uh, it is what it is, and as they say, it ain't ballet. Um, so that was, I took the L on that one. Uh, Drew McIntyre beat happy Corbin, which I predicted. We were just remarking, my friend and I, we were watching it together. We were just remarking about how amazing that Baron Corbin is and how not what, four or five years ago we were calling this guy, the craps, we were calling this guy, the drizzling poops. Uh, that, you know, he, this was Lone Wolf, Sad, Sullen, Balding, Loner, Baron Corbin, whose name is a rib on a famous indie wrestler who helped train him for like a week. And how much improvement he's gone through in the span of five years, how much good character improvement he's gone through within the five years of being in WWE. Uh, I think that, uh, role of the, uh, the uh, authority snitch or whatever that he had for a while. I think that did a lot of good to uh, build up his personality, build up his, his chops in front of a camera. Uh, the guy is a natural anyway, and he's fun to watch and it's not like he's not going to be champion anymore. I think that happy Corbin still has a pretty good mid card run in him. A couple more. Uh, again, I'm not convinced that he's a heavyweight champion. I'm not convinced he's a WWE champ. But, you know, a couple more IC belts, a couple more U.S. belts, a couple more tag runs, and, uh, you know, he could call it a really good career. Um, the match itself with Drew was hard-hitting, was good, and uh, it was what it was. Uh, the whole gimmick rope thing, <sighs> I can see where a lot of people be angry about that. Um, I mean, it's WrestleMania. you got to have your WrestleMania moment, right? And uh, I'm not as upset about the ropes not being ropes as I am about that sword, did you see that sword bend on that swing? Holy cow! Like, a, I know it's a fake sword, but yeesh, at least I don't know. Put some type of rod or something in the middle there to uh, to, to to give us the illusion that it's a real sword. <coughs> Excuse me, I had a little had a little frog in my throat there. Uh, this will change that. Next, everybody expected. Celebrities don't uh, lose on at WrestleMania. They, the, the true ones that everybody hates gets pile-driven like Pete Rose, but celebrities don't lose. Um, you know, uh, Logan Paul does Logan Paul. The Paul brothers do what they do best, which is antagonize people. Basically, they're better than you and you know it. Honestly, if Vince... Would have gotten a hold of these guys three years, three or four years ago. He should have given them a bunch of money, signed them to WWE contracts, and he should have probably made them like the the, the new Beverly brothers because uh, everybody hates them. And these guys are legitimately rich and legitimately obnoxious. We were joking last night that the Pauls give Cleveland a bad name. But then we said everything, and Cleveland gives Cleveland a bad name. But we were allowed to say that because we're from Northeast Ohio. If you're not from northeast Ohio you can't make fun of Cleveland. So anyway, as it goes, um Ray Adams' outfit was on point. That was that was cool to see. Uh the, you know, Ray always has a cool outfit. I like the uh, Mexico. You know, they know where they are, right? They're in Dallas, which is not far from El Paso, which is where basically the Mysterios and and the uh Guerreros and all those great lucha families um really started bringing lucha style to the uh, american wrestling uh promoters and uh having amazing matches so i mean he shout out to mexico that's amazing and uh and then uh dom wearing the uh the usa gear um brought back a couple of laughs with the mullet and the gear uh people obviously went to the eddie card some people said that they stole, he stole Sting's outfit from the Great American Bash. Some people said that he stole Cody Rhodes' outfit before Cody Rhodes had come out. Um, I like Dominic Mysterio a lot. He's going to be a star, too. I don't know if, again, time will tell if he's upper-level star. But, you know, as far as now, he's only in his early 20s, and he's already been tag champ once. Mid-card guy makes sense. I, I said last night that there's no way that Dominic could be either Ray or Eddie's uh, son because he's taller than both of them. Logan Paul didn't look lost out there, and he didn't look like an idiot, and that's all you can ask, right? What did we say last year about Bad Bunny? All I said was, don't look terrible, and Bad Bunny actually looked pretty amazing. Now, Logan Paul, I'm not going to say amazing. Uh, His punches were kind of a little bad, but, I mean... He hit all the spots. It looks like he was definitely trained. It looks like he put everything together. And let's not deny that the Pauls are not—they're uh, not—they're—they're they're really athletic, and, and they don't do know what they're doing. Uh, They—they're control of their bodies, and they also have the in, intelligence and the obnoxiousness that lend themselves to professional wrestling. So whether or not Logan Paul is now going to become a professional wrestler is, I guess, uh, up to us. I mean, he's no—he was no Stephen Amell. Uh, but he definitely held his own. He even mocked Eddie Guerrero with the shoulder shake and the frog splash. And then people got meta with it and said, wait a minute, he's not ripping off Eddie Guerrero. He's ripping off Eddie Guerrero's friend Art Bar and, you know, whatever. We just, it was just a whole rabbit hole of who's borrowing what costume from who. Um, Logan Paul was, was serviceable, was very good. Uh, he didn't make anything look bad. He didn't look intimidated. He didn't look like it was too big for him. And, uh, he didn't look lost. And that's all you ask for a celebrity. That's all you ask for a celebrity. Like when, uh, Snooki did the, uh, Sasuke elbow in the corner. No one asks, uh, you know, Snooki to, uh, you know, put her opponent in a trailer hitch. Uh, we just asked for a back elbow with Logan Paul. We got what we asked for, so everybody's happy. The big thing is, who knows now, but uh, at the end, The Miz turned on Logan Paul because that's what The Miz do. Um, Not sure if this is going to cascade into anything or not. Um, We'll see. Uh, I'm sure Logan Paul has a fight with someone else that he's lined up for it. It's going to be weird to see. uh, like If anybody can become a babyface, it's going to be against The Miz. The Miz is going to turn you into a baby face. No matter. It's just default. It's just that's how it is. Miz has that level of magnetism that he can make anybody look like a saint. And he did that. He turned on uh, Logan Paul at the end of the match. So who knows? Maybe we'll see something tonight on uh, or tomorrow night. Uh, WrestleMania uh, Raw, which is going to be fire. It's going to be lit. It's almost gonna be like they're just gonna to have to censor all of the audio. Because as you know, the WrestleMania Monday, the next Monday Raw is dedicated to the fans. The fans are the most raucous. Um, that's the RAW that Vince always calls the bizarro world and just let it breathe. One of my favorite WrestleMania moments of in modern time, actually, is from WrestleMania Monday when uh when uh, Cesaro went into the crowd and killed the beach ball. So, you know, we'll see if Logan Paul and Miz become a thing, could go into SummerSlam, which is what the next goal is. So we'll see. Um, Match of the night. I'm just putting it out there now. I'm just saying it so you know for your edification. Match of the night was uh, Belair versus Lynch for the Raw Women's title. My friend and I were talking yesterday there's been lots of wrestlers and MMA fighters who have naturally taken to WWE, Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey. Um, There's some football players who have taken well, you know, Ernie the Cat Ladd, you know, lots of, lots of other uh, football players. And the names escape me right now who have taken really well to professional wrestling. But has there been like an athlete, like a general athlete, like someone who played a non-contact sport? who took to wrestling as well as Bianca Belair. Like, she's just a fantastic, phenomenal athlete. There are no flaws in her athletic game. Her her, uh, her um, mic skills may need a little bit more, just a tinge more at times, but I don't think there's a flaw in her package at all. Like, she's everything. She's young vibrant, athletic, physically gifted, and she's taken to pro wrestling. Like She knows how to wrestle. She knows what to do. It's And that's hard. It's hard for a babyface to have that much command in the ring, I think. I think everything is much easier when you're a heel. And that just gives a lot of credit to Becky Lynch for kind of walking through a lot of that match last night too. But I'm not saying that as a pejorative because the heels are the ones that generally – uh run the match. They're the ones that usually walk through and 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 call the spots and do all that. But Becky Lynch uh is is, you know, she she's been on a nice streak. She's had to abandon the man because Ric Flair is all in his feelings and sad and feels like he needs some money. Um, but uh Becky Lynch has been doing a really super job as as a heel. Um everybody hates her and uh big time backs rolling up in the Uh, Stretch Escalade, which, I mean, it should have been bigger, especially since Bianca Belair came out to a HBCU band or whatever. Um, And you know that uh, HBCU bands just tear it up every time they perform. That was an awesome entrance. Uh, The fact that, you know, they played their fight song or whatever, and then they played her theme song to the ring. Oh, it was so good. She came out, like, balling, just like a star. Just like she she, she leaves the locker room a star and she walks back into the locker room a star. Everything about Bianca Belair is fantastic. Uh, the match itself, again, probably match of the night. Um, it's just such good psychology, too, which we don't appreciate much in a match anymore. Uh, I think this was a great payback for the stupid 26 seconds six months ago where basically Becky Lynch slapped Belair and then... Uh, put her in the uh, in, in the disarmor in in one. So this was a great way to uh, come back from that. And just the psychology of it of Belair putting on uh, putting Be- uh, Lynch in the disarmor at one point. Just uh, just Belair fighting from underneath and and, and really working hard. Um, a lot of the tough chair shots or not chair shots. A lot of the tough post shots with uh, battling over the hair. Um, I'm glad they didn't do anything to try to cut Bianca Belair's hair. That would have been a disaster. That would have been a a social media disaster for sure. Um, They didn't really use it as a weapon per se, but it was something to do with the match. I know that there was a point that Lynch kind of grabbed uh, Belair through the post and had her hair and just kind of yanked, and Bianca went into the post because of yanking on her hair. Um, I know that Bianca took a really huge bump through the stairs, are like, "Dag on!" And I'm like, "Well, she can squat like 850, 900 pounds. So those stairs are moving. If she's going into those stairs, those stairs are moving. And we were worried. My friend and I were worried that they were going to do a bump on the upturned stairs. But thank God, cooler heads prevailed. And uh, instead, uh, they only did the uh, the uh, what's it called the the manhandle slam. On the stairs, which looks pretty freaking painful. Um, So good job. Even though it wasn't in the Tokyo Dome, uh, even though it wasn't uh, shine or shimmer, it still was the best match of the night. Probably the A-plus match of the night. So God bless them in their efforts and Bianca Belair winning the the Raw Women's Championship. There was, oh, let's not forget. The, the, the most hyped, the overshadowed, or the match that overshadowed everybody else. Uh, as Cody Rhodes himself said, the worst kept secret in wrestling. Uh, Cody Rhodes defeats Seth Rollins in his return to WWE in a pretty good match. You know, for guys who haven't wrestled each other in like eight, nine years. And for guys who, you know, uh, there, were, there were some spots where cody forgot that the ring is 22 or 20 feet instead of 18 uh there were some spots where cody had to get his feet underneath him but there were some really good spots too i don't think he let the adrenaline get over him but the pop that he reserved that that, that he that he got from the crowd how they went absolutely bad crap insane when he came up through and they played his aw music and by the way don't tell me out there Okay. That WWE fans were not going to recognize or know that it was Cody because as soon as the, 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 music hit, everybody started cheering. We know it was Cody. We saw the terrible tattoo in the graphic and then rising up. That was a nice touch. You know, the Mysterios popped by jumping out, but it was a nice touch for Cody to go up and turn around. And Oh, it was so good. Um, the match itself wasn't that great because there was some stuff that, you know, the guys were just a little winded. and it, But it did and they, it did look like they were old school calling a lot of that match in the ring, um, which is fine because God forbid that a wrestling match doesn't look completely scripted beforehand, that they actually let the guys do what they do. And I think Vince is finally looking at it saying, yeah, if we've finally let guys do what they can do. They let Gunther and L.A. Knight do what they do, and that was an amazing match. So hopefully this is a trend toward the wrestler and away from what the 50 writers and 30 agents in the back say. Just let them go. Um, Not a perfect match by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly wasn't Seth Rollins' best WrestleMania match. But I think for what it was and what it had to do and how it got the crowd into it, plus the psychology of... Uh, using uh, uh, using the crossroads, and you know, getting out of that, and uh, I don't even think Seth Rollins ever got the curb stomp off. I think he just he tried to get the Phoenix Splash, and that didn't work. He he tried other things; it didn't work. Um, clearly, there was a a note of Seth Rollins having to step his game up because he didn't want to be upstaged by Cody Rhodes. Cody keeping a level head and Cody letting the match come to him. I think that was great psychology. So uh, it was not the best match of the night, but it certainly was uh, certainly was a very good match, and it's very uh, positive that dragged WrestleMania 38 into what it could have been. It could have been a stinker, and it, it dragged it towards a very very pleasing night. The match in question earlier with the dirt sheets and guys who just want clicks on their website reporting that Ronda Rousey stormed out of the WWE uh, Mm -hmm. were false. The match between her and Charlotte Flair and how Charlotte won, I I liked it. I think it was great. You can't just give Ronda Rousey the belt back. No, you're not going to put Ronda in mid-card again. There's no real women's mid-card. You're not going to let her flounder again. She's not going to be chasing the 24-7 title, so relax with that she has to have somebody to chase. And that's what she did not have in her first time for all of the criticism. And I think a lot of it unwarranted and how she did not expect the reactions that she was going to get from wrestling crowds with uh, her first go round and how she ended up turning into a heel uh, randomly. I think that it's be- kind of because again, Vince pushes people in our face, pushes us too soon, blah, blah, blah. I think Ronda Rousey got pushed in our faces too soon. I think a lot of fans reacted to that negatively. And uh, I think now that Ronda gets it, that wrestling isn't just about the big matches. It's also uh, how they perceive you as far as how are you going to work with everybody else. And the the match itself, you know what? I'm I'm going to reserve judgment because part of me is like, I want wrestling to look real, but part of it too is wow, that was pretty sloppy in a lot of places. I think it's just how Ronda's matches are going to be. They're going to be they're going to have a realistic twinge to them. And because of that, it's going to look sloppy. So I'm just going to take it how it is uh and, and go with that and I'm just going to say that, you know, at least they have a legit fighter in the women's division who is a legit threat. And she's gonna chase Charlotte because you know what? That's that's what you do. The babyface chases the heel. Just have Ronda Rousey watch all of the Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair from NWA and from uh, Crockett Promotions. That's literally all that happened in the nineties, eighties. Was the babyface was always chasing Flair or Harley Race or whoever the uh, heel. Uh, nwa champion was so um the match was good it was a great uh charlotte did uh, i'm sorry ronda did employ a lot of the strategies that she learned from Shayna about escaping the figure eights uh there was a little uh, i don't think it was a real ma- uh, wardrobe malfunction a lot of people who have a lot of time on their hands and nothing better to do were are trying to point out that there might have been a uh, a wardrobe malfunction on Charlotte's part. I think it was just a little bit of the costume underwire, or whatever, sticking out, nothing bad, but good for WWE for dumping it for the 10 seconds before it could get fixed. I liked Rhonda going after the leg. She said she was going to do the leg submissions more and she did that. Um, so I, I liked the, again, Charlotte flair is, is the master of psychology of it because her dad is the master of psychology of professional wrestling. Um, And then uh, the end with the ref bump, I was just laughing with my friend about, you know, it's one thing to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uplift women referees. And by the way, shout out to Daphne LaShawn for being the first African-American female to ref a WrestleMania match. So kudos for her. Um, I you know I don't have a problem with female referees, but I do want to see uh, a ref bump because if you're going to be a real ref in the WWE, you have to take a ref bump and leave it to longtime family friend <laughs> Little Nate Charles Robinson to take the ref bump of the night, which is what he did because that's what he do. Um, I thought it was funny that little sidestep that Charlotte ended up uh, spearing Little Nate, and then. The the question now is going to be, oh, did Charlotte plan that? She might have planned that, which that would be great if they worked that into the storyline on Monday or, or or Friday that Charlotte planned for that ref spot to, to happen, so she could uh, win her uh, win back uh, or, or retain the belt, and you know, in in uh, in dubious fashion. But Charlotte's the winner, so not the best match of the night. Certainly wasn't the worst but I think I'm going to have to start really thinking about what I think about Ronda Rousey's actual in-ring style. And, of course, we get to the main event, the confrontation between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. Now, I feel that, again, some of you in the internet wrestling community have gone off the deep end. I saw a lot of tweets and a lot of posts about Uh, Kevin Owens, this is stupid. Why did he do this? Uh, He's an idiot for re-signing. You know, they're wasting his talent. He should be blah, blah, blah. Let's take a step back, okay? Let's think about this for just a little second, please. Kevin Owens re-signed with the WWE for a multi-year contract, making him, his family, and his parents financially secure for the rest of their lives. Kevin Owens is as his friend, Sami Zayn will prove tonight. One of the biggest assets that the WWE has right now, because Kevin Owens can do anything and he does it well. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, I know he doesn't, he's not uh, selected in the title picture. Although I really would love to see Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar. That's another dream match of mine that, I don't think will ever happen, but I think it would be great. I'm personally biased because I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. Kevin Owens performs what the WWE needs when it needs it. You need to have an amazing match with someone because you don't want to break their streak of not being on WrestleMania. So you have a match where uh, he, he and Seth Rollins go at it randomly in a grudge match two WrestleMania's ago. Kevin Owens can do that. If you need Kevin Owens to be the kind of the comedy foil for somebody uh, who has an overinflated ego of himself and go along and have uh, you know uh, appreciation parties and celebrations and have lists and click pens, if you want Kevin Owens to be the straight man in that re- relationship, he's your guy. Kevin Owens can do everything. Kevin Owens can be the sad, lonely, lonely guy. All he wants to do is just eat chips underneath a table during a food fight, right? And Kevin Owens can also uh, fight the, arguably one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time in his hometown after 20 years of being retired and bring down the house to make WrestleMania 38 Night 1 a phenomenal ending to an otherwise lackluster card. Kevin Owens is so perfect in every position because they did everything that you do in old school wrestling. They talked everybody in the building. He built the tension and then got his butt kicked all in one night. Whatever they're paying Kevin Owens, it's not enough. Triple it. Even with this new contract, it's not enough. Triple it. I just, I get frustrated with some fans who are saying that Kevin Owens is either being wasted or that uh, Kevin Owens isn't being taken seriously as a wrestler. I mean, what would you rather he do? Um, Would you rather he go join his friends and sit in the back seat of a wrestler's mom's station wagon and be barely on TV? Or would you rather see Kevin Owens fight his... Uh, A longtime wrestling hero uh, at a main event of WrestleMania in front of 80,000 screaming fans and uh, an entire world watching him. If you think that Kevin Owens made a mistake, even if they don't do anything, even if he cannot parlay this into another title run and after this WrestleMania, he does nothing but silliness until what's four years from now, 2026, 27. It's still worth it. So let's not talk about Kevin Owens being wasted and let's appreciate Kevin Owens for where he is, which is the top of the WWE, somebody that Vince trusts, somebody that can get the job done, somebody that looks good doing it, somebody who's going to make this look legit. They took, bumps on the concrete. This is Steve Austin's first wrestling match in 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Austin stunned Braxton or Byron Saxton two years ago. He stunned Kevin Owens before. He's been physical in the ring before, but it's always been cited to to, to Austin. That was a fight. And that was, okay, it wasn't a wrestling match Steve Austin's not going to bump, bump per se, right? They're not going to shoot each other off the ropes. Kevin Owens is not going to put him in the uh, in the corner for the uh, Otto Vance cannonball. You know, he's not going <clears> to <throat> do a senton bomb onto Steve Austin, but they're going to fight. And Kevin Owens can do that because Kevin Owens is just the best wrestler. I, honestly, I hate to sound so effusive because it's getting weird and it's getting late and I want to go. But Kevin Owens is the is, is arguably the best wrestler in the world. Uh, if not one of the best wrestlers in the WWE, and he deserves it. And he's the only one like Shawn Michaels carrying the albatross of retiring Ric Flair from active wrestling. Kevin Owens is the only guy who could carry uh, Steve Austin's return and make Steve Austin look fantastic. And which, by the way, wasn't hard because apparently Steve Austin's been not letting on at how well his training was going I think he was sandbagging because he might have been wanting to lower our expectations. I know from watching the Dan Patrick interview and other interviews, Steve Austin's been talking about WrestleMania 38, that he's kind of been downplaying his involvement. He says, well, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be a game time decision. I could just go in for a confrontation. It could be a match. I don't know. And that was smart because you don't want to pump up our expectations. What if Steve Austin just got there? and nothing happened, and in the end it was just a stunner, and, and, and I'm out. Now, yes, Steve's got personal pride, and he wants to be able to finish his career where it ended. If he came out tomorrow night or tonight and did like an impromptu thing at the end for five minutes and then officially called it quit, I think his career would be fulfilled. Even if he said tonight, last night was his big night and he can call his professional career fulfilled, then that's fine too. Steve Austin did a hell of a job, took the last – he he punched his bump card for sure, he probably took the last four or five tough bumps he'll ever take in his entire life. And he looked like he didn't have a problem. I don't know if he was medicating with the alcohol or not. A stone Cold, Stunner, uh American lager. He might have been doing that. It is what that is. But Steve looked great. And he looked fantastic. And I think this is a great way to go out. I'm not clamoring, trust me, Steve Austin again is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I don't think he no anyone was clamoring for him to be back. <laughs> excuse me it wasn't like he was wanting to you know itching to be back and not going to vince and saying yeah i want to come back full-time or anything like that but this is just a way for steve to kind of have a classy end to his career remember him just as he came in just a big raw bone brawling technical guy that we all love and steve Weiser's up for uh the man stone cold steve austin Defeating Kevin Owens in a last minute impromptu low holds barred match. So grading WrestleMania night one. Uh night one. Um again, even numbered curse may be lifted for this this weekend. Who knows? We still have a whole night tonight to go through. So I don't know. Maybe. I I think this so far is a B, maybe even a B plus. It looked like a disaster going through night one, looked like a complete uh Travis democracy, but it instead actually turned out a, a lot better. And that's a credit to the performers, too. I know I said performers, please don't cancel me. A credit to the wrestlers doing what they do, especially a credit to Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins for calling it mostly in the ring and doing what they do best. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair match of the night. Possibly match of the of of the uh, of the whole card. Logan Paul not sucking, so we'll see. And you know, there's a I'm gonna give him probably a little more leeway tonight with the uh, with the stars with Johnny Knoxville and with Pat McAfee. Although Pat McAfee, no, probably not. Pat. All right, I'm just gonna say it. Johnny Knoxville's gonna get a lot more leeway uh, tonight. Uh, but again, if he goes by the same rule which I required of Logan Paul, get it right, don't suck, and don't look terrible out there. If though, if Johnny Knoxville can achieve those three things, I'll be happy. So why don't we uh, put a bow on WrestleMania Night One, give it a B plus, and give it positive vibes so we can move into Night Two predictions. Uh Yeah. So speaking of Johnny Knoxville and in Night Two, let's get right to it. Okay, let's talk. About what we think, what I think is going to happen tonight at WrestleMania night two. So the first uh, match we have is, yeah, so like I said before, this match was rebooked. I know Kofi Kingston had tweeted that he was disappointed, but, you know, turning a negative into a positive this match is rescheduled, so we're probably going to get this match. Again, inexplicably, last night, they had two hours and no pre-shows matches. Uh, but if, if I were them, I would definitely do an hour, and then I would definitely have this and another match on the pre-show, just so everybody gets enough time. And I'm not going to change my prediction um, that uh, I don't think uh, the new... There's, no, there's a reason to put, uh, uh, you know, the, the New Day are going to be the New Day. And they want to turn Rich Holland into a star. So that's exactly what they're going to do. So I'm going to predict that two men and a butchie are going to win tonight over the New Day. I'm holding on to that one. Next one. Next one, as I said, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in a no-holds-barred match it's bad enough that you have a celebrity who is in his fifties and barely, barely cognizant enough to be a pro wrestler, but the fact that they're in a no holds barred match or a no, no, no restrictions match. I don't know whatever that means, but it uh, uh, looks like these two guys are going to go at it. You know, there's going to be shenanigans, right? You know, you're going to see Wee man, you know, you're going to see Steve-O. You're going to, you're going to see all these guys come in and, and, and gang up on uh Sami Zayn, and you're probably going to see a spot where Sami Zayn's down and Giant Oxville covers, it and then all those guys are going to jump in. You know that We Man is going to be launched into Sami Zayn somehow, uh, <clears throat> and all these guys are going to pile up, and Giant uh, Oxville's going to win because, again, stars don't win and don't, don't lose in WrestleMania, and uh, Sami Zayn's going to actually. You know, going to carry this match, obviously, because he's the heel. But he's going to be dragging it out. First of all, he's going to be refusing to get in and doing all the psychology stuff. And then he's going to make Sami Zayn look – or he's going to make Giant Oxville look stupid. And then, of course, Giant Oxville will get the babyface comeback, which will involve, uh, you know, uh, know, all those guys from Jackass to come in and make a presence. So stars don't lose. Sami Zayn, valuable asset to the company, despite what you may think. Uh, And by the way – all the indie darlings that WWE signed five to ten years ago that no one ever thought would do anything like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens main event at WrestleMania yesterday. Sami Zayn is uh, is is the the most the most indie anti corporate guy is uh, now um, helping move along the corporate tie in. So. Uh, That kind of defeats that idea altogether. But, of course, Sami Zayn's going to take the L tonight against Johnny Knoxville and possibly the rest of the Jackass crew. Now, here is probably the only star that won't win tonight. Pat McAfee, who I don't know if they're just going to pull him from the rest of the card or not after the match. But Pat McAfee is going to probably have the best Uh, a non-wrestler wrestling match tonight because he's going to go against Austin Theory. Who is a star? Who is the future? Who Vince McMahon already thinks the future of the WWE is Austin Theory. And if this guy plays his cards right, he will be because he has everything. He's a natural. He's, he's gifted. And I know for every guy like Drew McIntyre or Kenny Dykstra that they've anointed as the future of the WWE, they've all crashed and burned in some way or another. I think if they don't mess this up, Austin Theory will be a mainstay for the next twenty years, which is what you need. Uh, and he's just got everything—just so smart, gifted, ta- talented. He wrestles like a veteran. I mean, his game is not perfect, but he does what the WWE wants. Uh, he's and you know what? He's not gonna—he's uh, not gonna uh, have any flaws and do anything terribly wrong in this. He's gonna let Pat McAfee pretty much run over him. And then he's going to win like a heel at the end. There's going to be some interference, maybe even by Vince McMahon himself to come out and cause Pat to lose. And Austin theory is going to reestablish himself as maybe one of the major heels in the WWE, if not in, uh, on raw or SmackDown. So sky's the limit. And I know the stars don't, I just said the stars don't lose on WrestleMania, but, I'm calling Exception to the Rule, and I am calling Austin Theory winning this match. Next. A match that I'm really depressed about. I just really don't. This might be my pee break. You've got the three-way dance bet- between the newly heel Street Profits, uh, the Alpha Academy, and uh, Orton, and uh, Riddle, the RK bro. Um, I could care less about this match i'm not going to spend too much time analyzing it i'm just going to say that there's no reason the original plan was to break up rk bro uh but that changed through 20 different things that happened and now we're just going to continue with rk bro as the champs they're going to walk out champs tonight there's no big title change happening nothing to see here it's going to be a match that they could have put on raw and the only reason why it's getting any pubs because Randy orton's on it Uh, this is a match next one that probably could be put on the pre-show. And I don't want to be disrespectful to the women because after coming from match of the night and almost match of the night from the women, you know, the women last night were the only two that had really, really good consistent, uh, matches. Probably the best two on the card last night. Now we go to this. Now we go to, let's just throw everybody together. And, uh, Even though I'm really happy that they're perpetuating the women's tag belts, again, it should be a Raw and a SmackDown. But um, that being said, you're getting this fatal four-way between uh, Rhea Lively and Team Bad and Team Mean versus uh, the Queen Zelina and Carmella. I don't know where this is going to go. I haven't really been paying attention. I know that Natalie just gets thrown in random tag teams because they don't know, don't have anything to do with her, but they consider her a valuable asset, which could be a detriment if you think about it in that way. Uh, Let's just go with, uh, I don't know. There isn't really a reason. There there might be a reason to give Liv and Rhea the belts tonight, so I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't happen. But there's no reason for Zelina and Carmella not to retain, which is what they will do. So I'm going to predict the champs retain in that aspect. Next is a match that people were shocked because the fact that Bobby Lashley was at that point had been off the card. But now that Bobby Lashley's back, cue baby face turn as he gets to work the green guy. And this always happens. You know, that Omos is moving up the ladder of what they want to see. They wanted to see almost come out. Then they wanted to see how Omos would do being protected wrestling with a guy like AJ. And now we're here um, almost fresh off of his uh, Jay-Z rap contest that he had at Wale Fest. Uh, Almost is now going to go up against Bobby Lashley, who, you know, it's not, that's actually not bad. This might be a good match despite, I know almost is limited and he's green, but he's still athletic enough to get through a match. So, I think that Bobby Lashley carrying him through this match and just make almost looking like a beast, but at the same time, too, coming out on top. Just work the new kid. That's all you got to do. Go out, do eight minutes, eight to ten minutes working the new kid, see how long he can last, see if he gets it, see what he can do, and then win, which Bobby Lashley is going to win. And no harm will be done to Omos. Uh This next one, I was watching a little bit of the bump while preparing – This uh, show for you guys, and uh, AJ Styles said on the bump that he doesn't think you should let your kids watch this match. The things that he's going to do to Edge, you know, it's not going to be a pile driver, could be a Styles clash. If it's maybe a slightly botched Styles clash, it might be. Um, My feelings on this match, Edge versus AJ. It's a shame that they had to turn Edge heel just to have a, a match that's quote unquote believable. Why couldn't you have two baby faces go at it? Why did Edge have to be a heel? I guess it's just Vince after WrestleMania 7, Vince is convinced that you can't have a, a heel versus heel or a baby face versus babyface. This match may steal the show though, because it would have steal stolen the show if they were both baby faces. But whatever. I'm not gonna complain too much. This is really going to be a match. This is a dream match for a lot of people. Uh, this is going to be highly athletic. Uh, there is going to be some psychology in the beginning of the match, but near the end, the athleticism will just come through. Unfortunately, I feel like Edge will pull up some dastardly deed, possibly a concerto, something. He'll hit AJ with a chair while AJ's coming off with a phenomenal forearm, something to that effect, and Edge will get the win. Uh, and I know those of you are going to say, oh, it's Vince burying TNA guys again. Uh, AJ hasn't been with TNA in 10 years, but you do you. So uh, Edge will win, but it won't do anything to AJ because they will just continue this feud into the year and pr- probably turn it into SummerSlam, make it even better. So I don't see – I see this could possibly be a bloody match. Maybe AJ is predicting that it might be a little dark, but – Uh, we'll see. So I I expect this to, if this is the match that I would predict would steal the show, this would be the one which these two don't need because these two are going to go at it in the main event. The winner take all greatest professional wrestling match in WWE WrestleMania history. According to them will be the unification match between the WWE champion, Brock Lesnar versus universal champion, Roman Reigns, the head of the table, uh, the bloodline, the big dog. He's in God mode and all the other ones that I forgot to tell to, to say. So it's going to be a great match between these two. Like these two can't do any wrong. I think that this is when the WWE is at its best. This is what it is. And I know a lot of people are hating because they hate either Roman Reigns or they hate Brock Lesnar. But I think the narrative to hate both of these guys is completely out the door. I think you've got to respect the game of both these guys. You have to respect Roman Reigns' game because of how well he's done and how much he's perfected his game over the years. And he basically, the, uh, the ball and ran with it. And of course, Vince feels justified in the whole thing. Really, I, I just super hate, uh, when, uh, when, when uh, we get shoved someone down our throats, as we did with Lesnar, or not, not with Lesnar, as with uh, Roman Reigns. But then turning it around completely, and now everybody loves Roman Reigns. And Vince is just sitting in the back going, ha ha, see, pal, I told you so. I knew it. If we just did it my way, we would have made him a star. Well, yeah, you made him a star, but I made him an anti-star, really. you, you, What you did was you basically did the opposite of... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you uh, shoved Roman down our throats as to being the guy. Then when nobody wanted to accept you telling us to like Roman Reigns, you turned him heel. And now we love Roman Reigns even more because he's a heel, again, which justifies Vince McMahon. So I don't want to get into that. All I do want to say is there's a lot of politics involved in this match between Fox pressuring uh, WWE to have the WWE champion on their programming feeling as though the Universal belt is a less than belt uh, or of course Brock Lesnar getting more of the mainstream media etc etc but uh, so there's a lot to play here there's a lot at stake for uh, for Vince to do it right to unify unify this right I think you're going to see a lot of false finishes you're going to see some somewhat shenanigans You're going to see Paul Heyman make a presence and, you know, question whether or not he's allegiant to uh, uh, Roman or not. You're going to see a lot of interesting things coming tonight. This is going to be, they're probably going to get a good half hour, 45 minutes for this. And they're going to get this time just because it's going to take, they're building all the gravitas up. They're just going to build and build and build to make this thing out uh, something that it is even more. Uh, So, and everybody's going to go away happy because I think in the end, your new unified WWE heavyweight champion, the Beast incarnate, Cowboy Brock, doing Cowboy shite, Brock Lesnar. So, that's it. And uh, nothing against Reigns, nothing against the bloodline, nothing against any of that, just... Everybody who has uh, fingers in the pie of the WWE needs to see Brock Lesnar win tonight's match. So there you go. That are, is my predictions for tonight. And I am. Uh, I hope it comes true. Let's see if I'm right. Um, I was wrong with a lot not yesterday. But then again, I was happy I was wrong for some of those reasons. So we shall see how it goes. Um, I'm also hoping for a very exciting night. I'm hoping for a very... Uh, fun night just like yesterday, um, where I'm not uh, shooting the moon for it being a bee. I will like to see a lot of entertainment because this this card this side of the card looks like it's going to be the more entertaining of the two cards. Whereas last night's card looked like garbage and really did a nice job. This this night looks bad, but it could it could even go worse depending on how things happen and we don't want to see that. We want positivity. We want the cool vibe from last night, the fun from last night to carry over from from last night to tonight. So let's hope for that. Whatever happens, whatever goes on, guys have fun tonight. This is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. It's the showcase of the immortals. It's the granddaddy of them all. It's the uh, apex, the pinnacle, the ultimate in professional wrestling. And it's all for you. So have fun. I know I'm going to have fun. I'm about to head up, meet up with some friends, about to watch this. It's going to be a blast. Uh, I'm going to be dragging into work tomorrow, but it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, just, you know, do your thing, have a good time. You can interact with me. I might be on Twitter tonight. I might be on the Facebook page tonight. Do your thing. Enjoy tonight, And just, you know, just be a fan. Remember what it was like when you were little. Remember the first time you saw Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, Paul Kogan. Remember the first time you saw Sting. Remember the first time that you saw uh, your stars uh, fighting each other. You deserve this. Fans, you deserve to have a great night. Uh, Also, uh, you also deserve WrestleMania Monday as well. So have fun with it. Enjoy yourselves. And that's all the time I got today for the Heel and Face podcast, podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary about the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Have fun again. I'm out. I'll see you next week. Peace.